0: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which
0: The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
1: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsleig for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the Captain Phasma of our first order of troops. This is Force Center episode 99. What a journey. With me, as always, Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa.
2: I am so intrigued by this new introduction of describing us as a character in Star Wars. <laughs> the Captain Phasma. <laughs> I imagine us like, like three kids in a trench coat. Like, how do the three of us... Form in armor to <laughs> yeah. be Captain Phasma. The three of us could not measure up to Gwendolyn Christie anyways. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Not in We're any here. way, yeah. Oh,
1: We're here, man. man. We're here um, for a look. We're going to look at Captain Phasma <clears throat> and the role of smaller Star Wars characters, their tradition, their importance, and why sometimes that gets us uh, all the flame when the characters that we know might be small turn out to be small. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot there. Still smaller than we want, yeah. Yeah, but good to have you guys here. Because of this recording schedule, uh, we recorded this one, so we imagine between episode 98 and 99, no Star Wars news broke. Yep. We are speaking right now in a solo-less, trailer-less <laughs> world, and uh, we'll see what happens after that. I bet they released the
2: movie early. Just the <laughs> whole movie. The whole movie. The whole movie. Oh, like, my You guys are so worried about it. Here, just let's put it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ta- start our Phasma talk uh, because we never did. Ken, you and I have babbled a little bit here and there about the yeah. book and how it affects Last Jedi, but we've never really had a chance. Uh, to kind of to give a little mini-review of the book and even uh, catch Jennifer and maybe some other listeners who haven't had time to read it, yeah. catch up on the Phasma book, and then maybe talk about the comic a little bit as well. So let's just start with that. What What is your sort of uh, condensed version of what the book is? The book, to me, is a great sci-fi
1: story written by Delilah S. Dawson that also has Star Wars characters. Now,
2: that sounds like <laughs> a
1: sarcastic, cynical slide on the book. It's not. This is a, a book that about... A quarter of the way through, I was like, "This isn't very Star Wars to me." Yeah, uh, but I, I want to keep going because it's intriguing to me. And then Star Wars names and things and elements come to play. But it it was unlike any other Star Wars story. It was a you know Furiosa, Mad Max type of mm-hmm. story, and it did bring you a lot of insight into the character of Phasma, who would become Captain Phasma. And it gets into First Order stuff. The character of Cardinals very interesting, very intriguing. You have the Rebel, or the excuse me, the Resistance Spy involved. There's a lot of in, interesting things about the formation of the First Order, so it definitely fills things out. And we had known from the Force Awakens Visual Dictionary that Phasma's armor was made out of Palpatine's personal ship, which was made kind of in that uh, Padme-like uh, ship, uh, the, the the silver uh, yeah, you know, Nubian uh, cruiser. Nubi, Nubian please. Yeah. Cru- uh, <laughs> so we get that story. Uh, it, it's so it, it gave me a lot of answers I didn't know I wanted. It's interesting and intriguing. And in the end, it's just a cool backstory.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just really fleshes out the Star Wars world. So uh, the basic the setup is that it's a story within a story that a Resistance uh, spy is captured by Cardinal, this guy who wears red armor. He's got specialized armor too because at the time he's kind of equal with phasma right but he's so worried that phasma is going to overtake him he's going to backstab him and he's going to be pushed out of the first order and he's a true believer so he interrogates her and she basically spills like all right i have some information about phasma and he's losing his mind desperate for information about phasma so then she spins this story that phasma's close friend as a child yeah and up through this whole adventure uh, spoilers, by the way, they're just telling the whole book. Um, so she spins this story. So it's also got this whole great unreliable narrator thing
3: mm-hmm. oh. of
2: the, there's are levels and levels of like many different characters could be lying to you or exaggerating, and at one point the book even acknowledges that. But it's basically just uh, yeah, if they're Doctor Who watchers, it reminds me almost of a Doctor Who episode because it's. Phasma's planet, uh, Parsonosis? Parnosis. Parnosis. Is how me and Alex of Star Wars Explained decide to say it. Well, then I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, I don't Pernasus. know. That. Yeah, because I just mouth it out to myself quietly uh, to not wake my wife while I I'm reading. I still
1: can't pronounce 75% of Game of Thrones
2: characters in a book <laughs> who are book-only characters. So the P-word planet, yeah. I'll just call it yeah. that, uh, it, the, a bunch of technology was there, uh, but then it fell into disrepair generations ago mm-hmm. so they live this utterly savage life so it's almost got like this like ken said this very mad max of like they have little bits of technology that they almost kind of pseudo worship but it's very tribal and it's very like you could imagine david attenborough narrating wow. like the like we, we must protect the high mountain place because right. otherwise the plains people will come and take our high mountain place so that's when you're first reading it, you're like the hell is this? (laughs) Uh, And then Brendel Hux's ship crashes and uh, everyone, all of the tribes nearby recognize that as an opportunity. And then through this whole journey, basically of phasma realizing that I want to go to the stars. I, you know, value having this fearsome mask and being a warrior and they can, they, they seem to be the best warriors ever. She like basically falls in love with the yeah. sight of stormtroopers. Oh, yes.
0: that's great.
2: Yeah, yeah, she does. And, and her culture, this this
1: now kind of primitive culture, which this generations ago wasn't, but it, they, they're obsessed with masks. So even before she becomes Captain Phasma, she's in a mask the entire time. Uh, and and how, that means something. You know, yeah. That mm. she doesn't want her face exposed. And no one even in the First Order has really seen it. Yeah, if you're kind of reading into some of the stuff, maybe
2: maybe old Brendel, I don't know. You yeah, know? maybe, maybe. Yeah, and you get some juicy stuff there toward the end uh really uh, portrays uh basically the cardinal th- finally thinks he gets the dirt uh some dirt he can maybe use on Phasma uh because it seems like maybe she killed Brendel Hux. Mm-hmm. Uh Armitage's father, Armitage's father. So he goes uh to General Hux, uh, Armitage Hux and Hux is like, "Yeah, I know. We killed my father together. You oh, idiot. Yeah. What? So yeah. it paints this great picture of the First Order is not like this regimented military controlled by Palpatine like mm-hmm. the, empire, the Empire was. It's this, it's regimented, but everybody will turn their back on anybody. And Ooh. like you have to fight to survive. Yeah.
1: And the character of Cardinal paints kind of like we got this new version of the Empire, whether it was Lost Stars, where it's just like some people like... Hey, those rebels are terrorists. Like Cardinal's like, no, we're the, we bring order. There's chaos and there's bad government people. And don't trust the new Republic. Like
2: we're, we're, we're good guys. And he slowly starts to realize,
1: Oh, wait, maybe we're not good guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's really, yeah. That, that story is really, really told. And the resistance spy is really cool. She's a great, uh, badass. Yeah. Um, yeah, Uh, and then, so that's kind of the book, which I think we ended up really, really liking because it not only fleshes out the character, but it fleshes out the first order. And it just reminds you that there are so many different stories that can be told about all of these different planets in this massive galaxy that can have different cultures and rituals and all of that. Uh, so then I also wanted to, to frame our conversation with a little bit of the comic book. Jennifer, did you end up reading the comic book?
0: I did. I read, I read a couple of the issues. I, it, you know, this, the story that you're telling me about this book, now that sounds to me very intriguing. I was not drawn in to the story. Okay. Maybe, maybe it gets more exciting. Uh, I don't know. Uh,
1: It's a four issue, uh, little short run here. And it's good. It really helps answer some of the post Force Awakens questions. Yeah. Because it takes place. So you probably read the first couple. Right at the... Right, actually, at the same time, you see how she got out. Actually, well, you just kind of see she got out. They don't tell you yeah, how. Exactly. Just I want to know north. if there was
2: a Dianoga in there. Right, right? Yeah, I was <laughs> like, where is,
1: um, And then panel? she realizes she's going to... Sh- you know, records might indicate that she lowered the shields. So she goes and finds someone. There's apparently one other person in the First Order who knows, and she tracks this person down, and it ties a lot into the book. There's even a flashback in one like the, the oh. character, her best friend... Yeah. Uh, um, it starts with an S. The name's dro- I'm drawing a yeah, blank. Yeah, yeah. Like Siv or something Civ, like that. It's Civ. S I V. Yeah. Um, she's in the comic as well as the, she's she's the kind of unreliable narrator that they're getting stories from. I see. So it does connect in way. And then this okay. planet, she goes, she tracks down this first order person right. on um, on an officer on a planet that reminds her of her home. So it all it's connected and does a great job. But it ends. It literally says continued in Last Jedi. And I think that's where some disappointment came in from fans yeah. with Phasma, even those who didn't read the comic. But if you read the book and the comic, you're like, here we go. Last Jedi. I forgot she was in the movie when she showed up. I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So that's where yeah. maybe it might breed some disappointment.
2: Right, right, right. And we will get into the disappointment for sure. Uh I, I, what I liked about the comic book is uh, having read the novel first because it did tie back to her desire to like hide and push down her humanity and the yeah. other first order troops she's with. Like they have to change armor and she doesn't really want to be seen uh, without yeah. her armor on. She has that flashback to yeah these people that she abandoned. Uh, from her P-World planet. <laughs> um, but I also just like this story, because people have asked, like, oh, if Asma is such a badass, why don't you just lower the shields? Right, like, well, right. A, I think it's because Chewbacca just smashed her across the head. Right. And he's in the room there, and he's terrifying. But I like that the story got filled out of, like, you can screw up in the First Order as long as you cover your tracks and kill anybody who knows about it. <laughs> right. Like, right. that's how the First Order rolls. So that that makes more sense to me of The Force Awakens. And she's like, well, I'll, I'll pull them down, because I don't want to that they have got two people with blasters on me and a Wookiee.
1: Yeah. I don't want to have
2: this fight. I'll just kill anybody who finds out because I can. S- right. S- That's a different kind of badass, and I like that. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, and, and and her cape, like, when 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 uh, Rose shoots at her in, in Last Jedi, it bounces off. Like, I was like, oh, that would make sense because her cape kind of has some of those powers in a weird way like there's something to her outfit
2: right yeah yeah and her it's not just a cool stormtrooper costume yeah right. yeah and yeah we we also see in the phasma book exactly how she makes that armor you know, oh. it's yeah. really really cool and very purposeful and not easy it's not like she just puts in a request in the first order yeah. wardrobe yeah, exactly. like i'd like my or like she goes back she earns it to it, yeah. her so cool. planet and you know uses all of these skills that she's made to melt it down precisely and shape it and yeah, it's really cool. So it builds up this great character. So then I want to talk about what we think of her appearance in the Last Jedi. Ken, you said you forgot she was coming in. Jennifer, how did you feel about her appearance? Were you let down?
0: I forgot, too. I was like, oh, that's right. They have this this thing that they've been teasing in the trailer between Finn and, and Phasma. And then that was it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, not again. But then again, I thought, well, maybe she's going to come back. <laughs> this could be a <laughs> yeah. re- recurring gag, you know, where she never dies. But I was I was disappointed. I was, especially mm. because I knew that they had built her up so much in this in this book. I thought surely we would get more, uh, you know, a few more scenes. Right. Something.
2: Yeah. Were you disappointed by the quantity of her appearance or the quality of her appearance? Did you not like what she did in the movie?
0: I think that the problem was is that because they had not really given her much to do in The Force Awakens, her return in The Last Jedi didn't have as much weight is just a cool character that, again, I'm hoping they would they would have fleshed out even more on film. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I just feel like we didn't get that.
2: Yeah. Ken, how do you feel? I
1: Look, here's the thing. It, Gwendolyn Christie is so great. Mm-hmm. And Brianna and Tarth is so great. And so when we find out she's in Force Awakens and they put her in this role and then it was small. I thought at the time, yeah, it was, it was switched later on. It was a gender-swapped role. Like, they put her in there. The character... That's all they had with the, the character. They didn't have any more. But we're going to get more. And so I, I'm not. I legitimately forgot when she starts. When she walks up, I was focused on BB9E. <laughs> <laughs> and walks up, I was like, Oh, that's all. That's right. And then you quickly do the thing where you kind of put it together. Where you're like, Oh, their fight happens on the Supremacy. I know that from the trailers. Yeah. Yes. What's going to happen? Well, I know some. Dis- I didn't know it was going to be the beautiful sacrifice of Holdo. So I was disappointed as well, I will admit. Uh, I I still think we're going to ask the actual question. We're going to put some bets down. I still think she's alive. Yeah. I still think she's alive, though the arc does have an ending. I thought, but again, this is expectations versus what uh, you got to sometimes just let it happen. I thought she was going to be the one chasing uh, Finn and Rose throughout the movie. I thought it was like from
2: Canto, but you thought she was going to be riding a space horse. Yep. On their asses. Yep. Yeah, okay. I thought yeah. that's what,
1: so, when it didn't, I yeah. love their fight, and I think it's, and, and because her eye's exposed, uh, which is apparently an idea from Daisy Ridley, you know, what? it makes sense. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. That's what Ryan Jones was saying, like, somehow, at some point during the process, like, what if, like, half of her face is exposed or something like that? Huh. So then you do that, and maybe after the fact, Delilah S. Dawson writes a book that explains the importance of her mask. Yeah. You know, what it meant. That meant a lot to have her eye exposed. Yeah. So disappointed but accepting of what's going
2: on okay Hmm. i think i had the opposite expectations i got all of my frustration and annoyance out when that clip of finn and phasma was fighting in the trailers because i felt like that's it yeah like there's just not much room in this film based on everything we've been told that's going to happen Uh, i wasn't clever enough to come up with your good idea of the phasma chasing them (laughs) so, so to me i felt like it was an escalation of we've Got this great warrior, so we did get to see her fight. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We did get to see a little bit of her face, mm-hmm. and I do feel like it didn't feel jammed in. It felt the logical extension of FN twenty one eighty seven is her trainee, right? It, you know, and we know from the yeah. you know before the awakening that she was like, he's either going to be the best stormtrooper ever, or we're going to have a problem with him. Right. Really respects him, so she feels betrayed. And I did get some good, like, oh, here it comes. Yeah. When she's a FN 2187. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, to me, there was great. like, uh, I I would certainly happily take more, but I think I went in with the right expectations. So I was happy to get some fighting, some yeah. face, and <laughs> some fin anger. The three big Fs I wanted from Catherine Phasma.
1: She gives good face. I, uh, <laughs> strike a pose. Um, oh, my God. That's, uh, and, and And that's, uh, I'm happy you had the experience. I I mean, at the end, I come, like, I just saw this movie the sixth time, and I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? I just think there's some potential left on the table. But in the end, and that's part of what we're going to be discussing here, that's, again, because we fell for a cool costume. Mm -hmm. And we don't maybe need this character to be anymore. And I really think, no one said anything. I've said this before here, other places. I think Gwendolyn Christie's shooting schedule for Game of Thrones keeps her from being anything much more than this, I okay. really think that's the case.
2: Oh wow! I mean, yeah. part of it,
1: okay. part of it. Yes, yeah, you could clear the stuff, but Game of Thrones shoots for a long time, far spe- away, especially yeah. far away, especially right now. Season six also, uh, which was delayed a little bit, and then season seven, uh, or season seven, and then eight, which is like uh, almost a year long shoot. I think that that's a that is a reality too. Okay, Mm -hmm.
2: cool, cool. I think that's a great insight uh, from our resident Game of Thrones expert. I want to touch on a thing that Ken just talked about: of do we think Phasma is gone? Mm -hmm. Um, I'll I'll, I'll shoot my mouth off. I think I also had a more positive reaction because I did not think I did not interpret that shot for a second uh, as that as the end of Phasma. It was so classic pulp, so classic serial. What Star Wars is based on. Of like, yeah. uh, oh, oh they, did they fall in some flames? That's like that's like the Joker <laughs> falling in a river. Of course, he's not dead. Yeah, right, yeah. Phasma's right. not gone. No. Uh, what, what, what was yeah. your first thought, Jennifer?
0: Yeah, I, at first I was like, oh, she's got No, she's
1: not. <laughs> no, I just
0: thought about all. Well, I'm not going to talk about merchandise because look what happened with our beloved Jin or so and, and those characters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> she could die. But I don't think that they're going to kill her off. I don't. Yeah. I think it's, it's going to be a, a gag, like I said. Just like, yeah, I have a bad yeah. feeling about, you know, all those things that we, the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. It's Phasma coming back from the dead. Okay.
2: Yeah. Do you think that in episode nine that she will have a definitive death or will she fall into some mud? <laughs>
0: Oh my god. And a right. Yeah. Right. No, I think that if she dies it's we've got to see like her body on fire like it's got to be almost like you know Naked Gun style
1: <laughs> dragged out.
0: Yeah. That's what I want.
1: Yeah, uh, my first reaction and you know after years of improv like all of us have done you go with your gut reaction. That's your first instinct is it's correct. Watching it the first time she... And it's a great... I love that sequence. I actually love the fight. It's... I I love Finn in that. I love his leap at the beginning of the fight. I'm okay with let's go Chrome Dome. I'm okay with Hey, I, I don't care. It's one of my finer... One of the finer Finn moments. When it falls... When she falls down, I think she's alive. My gut reaction. Because it's the Game of Thrones rule. If you don't see that death on screen, speculate all you want because you might still be alive. Stannis and Cyril Pharrell notwithstanding. So... I, but the second, third time I saw it, I went, story-wise, for Finn and her, mm-hmm. this this perceived rivalry or the the battle between them, that is pretty much over. He won in that regard. Like, I, I kind of think, you know, like maybe like like Leia, like Leia's story is complete. Yeah. She could have gone on in nine and blah, blah, blah. But I guess in a way it's complete. So I thought second, third volume. But like after that, I'm like, I still want her to be
2: back. What if Phasma goes rogue, though? What if it's like two, three years later in episode nine, Mm. and the story is Phasma can't even function. She needs Finn to die to prove that she is superior. Right?
1: That'd be be interesting. Yeah,
2: Yeah, rogue Phasma would be awesome. Rogue Phasma. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Uh, You touched on this, uh, Ken, uh, but I want to drill down a little bit, is the question of are some of our super strong opinions, and I think a lot of people have the opinion that they, they want more Phasma, Is it because of Gwendolyn Christie? If it was just an anonymous, tall person in the armor, would we be as concerned? Or is it about Gwendolyn? I think a large part is Gwendolyn. The Mm -hmm. character
1: looks cool, and that's part of the Star Wars fun. Yeah. If it had been... As originally intended, tall guy number four, <laughs> or maybe they get some taller male actor. We know, put yeah. him in there. The Rock. I don't know. The Rock could be different. Um, <laughs> you know, it would, let it me sure tell you what different. Phasma's going. But if it was, and if it was a male character or any other female character, but I think though, I think even more specifically, it was a male character. We'd be more, uh, it's that Star Wars, that Boba Fett thing. But it's Gwendolyn Christie. It's a time where we want more female characters on screen yeah. doing powerful, wonderful things. Or in this case, powerful, wonderful, evil things. <laughs> and it was just fun to be rooting for Gwendolyn Christie. She's so just vivacious when you see her interview. She's so just captivating. And, and, and her enthusiasm rubs off on you. So I think a lot of us are just rooting for it. And then when it was like, oh, Okay. Uh, All right, we'll get it. We'll get it in the next one. And then now this comes along. I I, I really think if you get to the core,
2: that's part of the reason. Yeah. Is that true for you, Jennifer?
0: Yes. Yes, because we know what she's capable of as an actor. We've we've seen Brienne of Tarth. In so many great moments, I want for her to have that. I think that she could really bring so much to Star Wars if they really gave her more to do, quite frankly yeah. I mean, you have this incredible talent and we, yeah. we don't even get to see her face mm-hmm. I want to see her face, I want to see her all the things that are going on behind her eyes, which i we got a little eye I'll mm-hmm. take that, yeah, but for me, yeah, I mean, you have this outstanding actress utilize her if, yeah. it, if it was just some random actor, I I would not care. I'd be like, okay, good. That's done. That storyline is done. It's it's ended well.
2: Yeah. So here's a weird controversial choice. Uh, Would you think that Star Wars movies should cast not big names to not create the Phasma problem? Yes. Like for me, Mm -hmm. if they're like, hey, there's going to be a a, a roguish uh, bartender and it's just a great character actor that I've personally ever heard of, great. But if it's my beloved Kyle MacLachlan... Agent mm-hmm. Dale Cooper, and then he's in the movie for twenty seconds? Yeah, I can understand like you mm-hmm. don't leave that on the table. No.
0: No. Unless you give him something so good, like a, a Dame Judy Dench. Oh yeah. You know, where it's like, that's all you need. That that performance yeah. in Shakespeare in Love. It was just what? It was like one scene. Yeah. That one or the Academy Award, was it? Mm-hmm. But I mean, so the, the point is is that you gotta give him something to do if you're gonna cast a big name. Otherwise, don't cast a big name.
2: Okay. For Interesting.
0: Me, for me.
1: Yeah, I mean <sighs> It's weird, yeah. That's no, a you, you. That's a great example, Dame, Dame Judy Dench, and some other smaller, you know, one day roles that that are effective and stay with you. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it, it's. I I, I mean, I, the guy the his I can't remember his name, but the guy who plays Cyril Pharrell on Game of Thrones got cast 4 I've talked about all all the time in oh, yeah. Force Awakens. When I heard that, I was like, Oh my gosh, he's gonna be a sword. Fight. He's like you barely see him in Masquerade's castle. It was almost just a cameo. You right. Know? Like,
2: Same thing with the, the actors from The Raid, right? Yeah, The
1: Raid. Oh, The Raid's a great example, too. Yeah, yeah Tatsu Leach and all those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Kanji oh. Club. Yeah. that's set up, oh, we're going to have an action sequence like we've never seen before. Instead, it was just almost like a... Uh, hey, we kind of like what you did. Come on in and stand in this movie here. You guys want to run from a
2: meatball? Yeah. Cynicals? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I say that as a Rathdar supporter. You're a Rathdar supporter. Yeah, supporter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so there, there's a lot going on there with the whole small character thing. So I wanted to ask a question, what do we think the role of smaller characters should be? Putting aside the Gwendolyn Christie thing, because I think that does change it, but is big on the poster, small in the movie, just a truth of Star Wars that we should embrace?
1: Hmm. I think so. I actually think it's a Star Wars tradition yeah. that maybe not a, wasn't intentional. Boba Fett really was the first one through that gate, and Darth Maul was the next one through the gate, mm-hmm. and now Captain Phasma's there. I, I think that's part of it. But we fall in love with these characters, and that's how it should be in Star Wars. We should look at, you know, even DJ Del Toro does comes in and does what I thought was a great job with this tiny role that's important. And that's all I need. needed. And I think, but it's weird. We went into the movie going, ah, he's probably just going to be one. Yes. You know. But when it was first cast, I was like, oh, I hope he's like some dark Jedi, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's a weird tradition, right? It is a weird
0: tradition. I'll tell you who is a great small character is, well, two, actually, the caretakers. I got just enough of what right. I wanted for them. Okay. And the Porgs, there was so much buildup about the Porgs where it was like, <laughs> yes. are they going to literally be in like one scene off on the cliff? Yeah. You know, we got, I feel like we got the right amount. We got to love them, see them, you know, see their little Porglings. And mm-hmm. that was it. We, that, that was all we needed. I don't yeah. think we need any more.
1: No, it's, it's, and it's also part of this, what makes a good movie. You know, you guys know, I love, I love Captain Kennedy, right? Yeah. I mm-hmm. love Captain Kennedy because he brought so much to that one scene. There's so much there. Tally Lynch is now a new favorite of mine and a lot of people. Yeah, mine too. Uh, but, uh, you know, she dies. Like, that. to me, it's not a waste other than, oh, I wish we could see her in action more yeah. and it's great and, and having a, another strong female leading this battle here. But you know what? It served the story. And I connected to that character. So she dies. And it happened so fast, it wouldn't have had the impact if I didn't really like what this performer and this character did in a short amount of time. Yeah. And there, Ryan was smart enough to give her that little look when she's saluting oh, the other pilot that. and giving that sideway a little smirk and, and it's endearing and she dies and that means something and that's something the story needs.
0: Like Paige Tico.
1: Yeah, hey, Chico that's a scene great example. Yeah. Gets
0: me every freaking time I start crying. I, that actress is so good in mm-hmm. that moment. And I was like, oh, that's just a throwaway role. Hey, just, we know right. what's going to happen. Yeah
1: we, yeah, we figured, yeah.
0: I've gro- I love that scene. Yeah. I can't imagine, it. you know, that scene without her.
2: Yeah, so I guess but maybe the, I mean, there, and there's certainly like those meteor characters who have like dialogue. And I think last night I did a great job of like, yeah, humanizing them so their impact was felt. Uh, but then there's that whole other spectrum, the the Jennifer Landis spectrum of <laughs> yeah. Bistan versus Porgs. Oh, a yes. good example with Porgs, yeah. a bad example with Bistan, right? So yeah. yes. I, I think the, the takeaway is to try to give, if these characters are going to super pop in advertising, mm-hmm. Porgs are obviously bigger than Bistan in advertising. We just became obsessed with the space <laughs> monkey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you really got to give them those super flavor moments.
0: Yes, you do. And it, it worked perfectly. And I, and I think the people who were like, eh, stupid Porgs, eh. Like, they're not really complaining about the Porgs now.
2: Mm-hmm. No. Because it
0: didn't, it didn't take over anything. It didn't ruin any right. moments.
2: They weren't just cute. They were, uh, also had a, a beautiful life cycle that was demonstrated in Ray's vision. <laughs> and they were surrounded by death. is all small, cute. <laughs> Star Wars animals should be.
1: Oh, Rogue One's a great example because it really did a great job, sometimes to a frustrating degree. Moroth, Bistan, Yep. Beezer Fortuna. Yeah. A lot of these characters. Amazing. We want more. Uh, Edric and and Benthic, two tubes. Yep. I wanted more of them, but I got enough in the movie that their legend builds. Let's not forget Rancor Keeper. We know him now as Malakili, but there he's Rancor Keeper. He's the the chubby crying guy. That's all I knew. Yeah. That's all Mm -hmm. I knew. And then I got that figure and it was like, yeah, the Rancor Keeper. That's that is the Star Wars tradition to me. And I wanted more of Bistan as well, but he got a great moment. He took that, uh, you know, walker out at the knee there. He hates yeah. knees. He hates knees. <laughs> and that, that's, that's what these movies need to.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you guys already started talking about this, but I, 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 we've had some questions about it from fans, so I want to talk about it. Uh, who are your favorite small characters from Last Jedi? You guys have both mentioned a few. Are there any others that really pop to you of, like, even the, like, super small background characters? Because you're mostly talking about characters who have significant dialogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah,
1: Kennedy and and Tally Lintra... um, Page is great. Obviously, um, you know you. I like. Um, there's the the bombers because I love those resistance bombers. Yeah. and yeah. there's the the African American pilot. He's cool. I'm glad he's there. But the old guy yes. who's like on oh, yeah. way. He's yeah.
2: such a Star Wars face. Yes. He's like old rebellion to me. <laughs> oh yes. yeah, like that guy. Nice, thing. nice. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, did you have any favorites?
0: All the resistance pilots. I was. I, they just felt so familiar to me. Yeah. I, I I just got so much joy seeing all of them. It was it was really funny. But yeah, I loved loved. Tally, Paige Tico, DJ. I really liked Benicio Del Toro. He surprised me. He really
2: did. You didn't did. expect
0: to... I didn't expect to like him. I, I knew he was going to kind of be weird because that's just mm-hmm. kind of his, his thing, his yeah. millhouse. But I, I thought I loved the flair that he brought to the Star Wars I universe. I, I
1: know some people did and I just, I love... All the choices he made. Me too. Stuttering was great. I thought uh, the, the hand motions, very fear and loathing to me. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more on the Johnny Depp side than his role in that movie, but
2: like, yeah. I, I loved it. My favorite is when he is not speaking a different language, but just saying words weird. <laughs> don't, like, do don't you want me whatever, to do it? Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like the new version of our beloved yeah. Emperor, do it. Yeah. Do I it Yeah. do it.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Mm. I, you know who I really liked who I haven't had a chance to talk about is Commander Larma Dasi.
1: Mm. Yes, she's great.
2: She's great. She's oh, one of those yes. small characters. Where you're like you don't really think about her. Yeah. She has an insane amount of dialogue. Yeah, yeah. she's the new Rick O'Leary. She is Captain Exposition of the Last Jedi. Right, and I just love that she's an older, quirky looking woman. Yeah. yeah, who's just delivering all this information just steadfast. Great character in moving. her face. She's got a very yeah. memorable face. She's uh-huh. a character actor. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I j- she just really popped for me of like, again, that easily could have been a super yeah. stereotypical. That could have been a uh, major Imat who we met in the force. Yeah, Awakens yeah. Uh, in the dreams well, of well, force. I'm glad, Awakens.
1: I'm glad he's, he's still going strong. Yep. He gets to wander around on crate. Um, the, uh, the first order pilot who's there were, uh, yes, sir. Right away. Oh, oh okay. yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Great guy. Great. great guy. <laughs> that there's those little son. And, um, the, Abnib. Neto, Abdebnetto Neto. I don't know his name It's not Eloatzi, Obviously he's got another C-S3-N-A-L-E. C-S3-N-A-L-E. He's, Yes yeah. right Because yeah. he's a, It's another musician uh, nod I think right Yeah uh, I love him Because I love when <laughs> I love when Like Poe's like Is that is that Holdo From Battle of uh, Chiron Belt, Holdo And he's just like <laughs> And then like <laughs> Poe gets off And he's like Oh,
2: <laughs> it's just, it's just a great like, yeah, what were they talking about? That yeah. He feels that he's been left alone. Uh, slow
0: and low. How could we forget slow and low? He's
2: I pretty told him not uh, to park there. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, two other little characters I want to shout out. Because we, we, when we're talking about small characters, we're going from the range of significant dialogue, but not as big a character as we wanted to. Truly, you have to pause the film. Yeah. Uh, I like 2BB2. He is the yeah. blue... Ooh. Astromech droid oh, that yeah. is in the background of the publicity shot. You can see him in the movie, but yeah. he's in the background of yeah, the publicity is. shot they rev, uh, released of Holdo, and he's standing right next to Voberdand. But he's just exact dark blue that I like. It's a marble. It looks like a marble. He's the marble. He's yes. a dark blue marble. And uh, finally, because we thought Cantobite, I think, was going to be yeah, yeah. richer with weirdos we fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they panned by pretty quick. Uh, but I did uh, develop an attachment to this character, and I was delighted to see that he was in the visual dictionary, uh, which is Edmo Ektakl, Uh And he is on the balcony when uh, Rose and Finn are having their conversation. Mm. And the reason I attached to him is he's vaping.
3: <gasps> oh my and it's gosh.
2: confirmed in the visual dictionary. It's like an aerosol inhaler. <laughs> oh, my god! There's a vaping alien on Chantobite. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. remember I'm like, that. Now. That's a guy I can obsess over. Yeah, there's there's a lot, man. There's a lot. Uh, So out of all those characters, uh, I want to find a way to talk about uh, how we uh, focus our love of small characters. Mm -hmm. Because to me, I can't get past my uh, childhood where you you saw Dengar for a split second, then you had an action figure, and you had literally years to build it up. And that's why small characters are important in Star Wars. Right. Now it's kind of, you have to make an active choice to go out of your way going, I I like the vape guy in the background. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm going (laughs) to look up his name. Like, how do you want these small characters that we like to be celebrated? Like, Jennifer, Mm. where do you want to, you love the caretakers. Yeah. Does that just mean like, I want a Funko Pop. Do you want a caretaker's book? Do you want one to be walking around at Galaxy's Edge? How do we express love for the small characters?
0: Yeah, the, the caretakers are one where I am I really, I love the visual dictionary because I got to learn more about their culture, which to me was really fascinating. Yeah. But now I want to see them in a Forces of Destiny episode. Or oh, You yeah. know, making their way somewhere else in the galaxy. It, it's kind of, a, I'm being kind of selfish now, where I'm like, wow, or like Veruca Salt. I want it now. <laughs> I, you know, we're I so used to now. this now, we're getting spoiled. I want to know more about those yeah. characters.
1: It is a shame. I love the modern Star Wars toys, I yeah. love the Black Series Six Inch, but it's special, right? It's six at a time. I do miss the wall of Kenner figures yeah. Yeah. that made this stuff possible. Ooh, Ugnat, Gonk Droid, Prune Face. Like, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. why we <laughs> that's... had that stuff. And I mentioned on Spotlight Stars recently, but that, that documentary, The Toys That Made Us, is fascinating. It brings you back to that time. We'll never have that. No. no. Funko Pops are the close because they'll release more at, at a time. And they'll have fun. The creators have fun doing, hey, we created a Porkins. We did the, you know that kind of stuff. So it does. There's a little bit of a, a, a loss where you can't go get, you know, a major Emot figure at this point or a Commander Daisy, though they never made a Tarkin, so, you know, would they Hmm. make one of those? I don't know. So a comic video showing up, some kind of name recognition. The visual dictionary is great. It doesn't have all the characters Mm -hmm. in there. Uh, And as long as Nathan Hamill gets a figure at some point, (laughs) I'm good with it. Um, But yeah, the, the, the rare Funko Pop, but I think if it shows up and there's like, that's the, oh, that's the guy. That's the The girl. That's the Okay, yeah,
2: yeah. Now, you know you can get Tally Lintra three and three quarter with her A-Wing. Yes. You can? Yes. Yeah, I might have to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm on a budget crunch right now, but that doesn't mean (laughs) I'll choose
2: food or a Tally Lintra A-Wing. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Okay, okay. A few Arby's meals for Tally. That seems fair. (laughs) That seems fair. Yeah, for me, I, I think I just want to see them pop up other little places, just kind of peppered throughout Mm. canon. Mm. Um, And I've been so happy with this Last Jedi 3 and three quarter inch uh, series. They've done a great job of putting the main characters out. Now I want there to be a Wave 3, a Wave 4 that is full of weirdos. I want my two-pack of the caretakers, and I want 2BB2, and and vaping Edmo, and all those guys. (laughs) Vaping Edmo. (laughs) Uh, So to kind of round out our conversation uh, about Phasma and the role of smaller characters... In Star Wars, uh, wanted to ask if you guys could play a small character in Episode Nine. What kind of character would you want to be?
1: Um, I, I, I have, I have a thought here. Yeah. Uh, if Episode Nine, let's say, does happen two years after, and some sort of war springs up uh, between the time the First Order, which has taken military control of the galaxy, is what we believe from the opening crawl. We're only seeing a small portion of what's yeah. going on. I, I want to be a. Shall we say, new rebellion officer? Ah, ooh, similar to Major Emot or the uh, cameo of the—I think it's the second AD that licks the salt on the planet. Yeah, that is like he's—I'm in like one sequence. Maybe I die, but I'm there to be like the Walkers are coming. And then you (laughs) look at the Visual Dictionary and like I fought in the Battle of Endor. (laughs) And you've got this whole big backstory. Yeah, Yeah, like. He was at the Battle of Endor as an intern for, you know, Rex, Captain Rex. You know, like, just like. <laughs> he actually helped Rex with his munitions. Yeah, yeah. during the battle, was busy uh, helping loading Harrison Dula's ship. Like, <laughs> went on to become some kind of resistance
2: officer. Okay, nice. I like that a lot. Uh, Jennifer, how about you?
0: You know, I now have a new dream. I wanna be a resistance pilot. I wanna be oh, yeah. like Tally. Yeah. I do, I will admit, I have actually tried practicing her little and her little yeah. smirk in the mirror oh, trying nice. to get that down. I don't know. Now I have a new goal in life to do that—to <laughs> be cameo. Yeah. I, mean, I often get cast as like cops or uh, military people. Oh, okay. They, they okay. Think that I yeah look like that. So You're why not? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Put me in the put me in the cockpit. I can see that. Yeah. Come on, JJ.
2: Yeah. So you want to be like a, a a resistance pilot who has a unique and friendly wave? Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well,
0: I'm enthusiastic.
1: Your
2: action figure could have unique waving action. Yeah. Figure. It Force link and unique
1: Wave. <laughs> Joseph, where do you fit into episode nine?
2: Oh man, uh, this this was a hard one. Um, I I do like the role of the salt guy, but I don't want to take it from him. I want <laughs> I want salt guy to touch his finger uh, to other things and identify them in episode nine for sure. Uh, but I want Ray to have fully started up her Jedi training, her loose Jedi training, and mm. I want to be. I think I've said this before. I want to be okay Jedi, Jedi who's. <laughs> Can kind of use the force, but just not that fast. Can't concentrate that well. Noble and runs into a battle and just gets slaughtered. Okay, oh my gosh, yeah. that's good.
1: That's fair. That's fair faced.
2: Yeah. Fair face like pl- place to end up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a, a look at small characters. Any final thoughts about Phasma? Any big hopes for Phasma to end this on on a Phasma note?
1: Yeah, if she comes back, if yeah. if they decide. And and by the way, I think it would work. Cause guess what. Game of Thrones season eight's almost done filming. It's only a, month, a few months away. The Nine shooting oh, schedule yeah, yeah, starts yeah. later in, uh, in 2018. If she, if she comes back, then I think let's take maybe even the mask off and really get down to a meaty story. Yeah. And it would be important to continue to have Gwendolyn and Christie involved in Star Wars.
2: Yeah, yes. absolutely. Jennifer, what do you want out of Phasma in, in Nine?
0: I want her mask off. Yeah, okay. I just I want to see Gwendolyn Christie's face. I want to see her eyes. I want to give her something more to do. Um, I I love the idea of her following mm-hmm. our heroes. That, yeah, that would have been so great.
2: Yeah, let's see it. Yeah, I I would like to see yeah the the full power of Phasma unleashed. And in particular, Gwendolyn Christie. Maybe she uh, fights with Finn. Maybe she murders Hux. Who knows? Oh. Maybe there's a civil war. Could be a lot of different cool things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did want to give a quick shout out uh, to my friend Angela M. Weber. I do a lot of shows with. She has full Phasma fever, and it was a great <laughs> yeah. for me a reminder of the power. Of these small characters, she doesn't. She likes the movies just fine, but she just related to Phasma. She bought the book. She bought the comic, which she doesn't normally do. She's now in the middle of reading the book twice, <gasps> right? Second time. Wow. So just there's always a, a, so much power in the small characters of Star Wars. Absolutely,
1: you can find inspiration in these small characters, no matter how tiny their role may be. But Episode Nine is still forthcoming. You can always have hope for the return of Phasma. Uh, Fun discussion on Phasma and small characters. As always, though, we like to take audience questions. We like to go to a couple different sources, like Twitter. We got one from Chase McLean at Window 15 And Joseph, he asks us, in Return of the Jedi, do you think Han had that camo trench coat (laughs) made special for him or was it just randomly hanging with all the camo ponchos? I love this question because I love logistical... Thoughts and questions and problems in Star Wars. What do you guys
2: think? Jennifer, do you have a thought?
0: No, but this is such a great question. I, I kind of want to believe that Han has a thing for fashion. You know, like he, he, <laughs> the specific oh, yeah. things that he liked, maybe that's what we'll get to see in the solo film. And
1: jackets
2: are important Oh, him. right. <laughs> the acid-washed jeans and that uh, leaked foot. Not leaked, <laughs> Ron Howard posted. It. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm, interesting. Mm. You know, what my mind went to is... Han became a general, mm-hmm. and he got a camouflage coat because he's on Endor. Mm-hmm. Lando became a general, and he got a cape. Right. So I feel like maybe they came to these two scoundrels and said, you guys have done a lot for us. Do you right. want to be generals? And they're both like, we've got conditions. <laughs> we have fashion conditions. <laughs> and I think he demanded it. I think so, too. Because
1: I think they were like, you're going to go to the forest moon of Endor's surface. Uh, here's what we're wearing. These are what these guys are. By the way, they, they switched the rebel soldiers into... Camo costumes, you know, yeah, uh camo outfits, not costumes, um uniforms, and I think Han was like, no, I'm keeping my Han gear, yeah, find a way to cover it up and do it now <laughs> deck officer, deck, deck officer. officer, I'm not switching out of my yeah. pants and vest. Give me something to cover this and they were like, we got this poncho jacket, this trench coat, yeah, yeah, okay, give me that, yeah, I like That's I love it. it, I love it, that is it. Yeah, I think so. So
0: good.
1: Uh, next question from Pedro Fernandez. He says, hello from Lisbon, Portugal. International listener. love it here. We are based out here in the California IA coast. Love your show. My question is, what happened to Coruscant? Or Coruscant? No, it's Coruscant. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jake. But, uh, between episode six and seven, should we see it again in episode nine? Let's trace the canon of Coruscant. Yeah,
0: trace
2: yeah. the canon. Yeah, I don't think there is a lot of canon, right? I mean, Not I a think there's, a, there's mentions of it, uh, mm-hmm. but mostly in that it was just decided that we don't want to have everything continue to be Coruscant-centered. We're going to have... Right. A uh, different location for the New Republic.
1: Right. Just kind of, this, this, is, this place has got some stink on it that we want to memories. kind of clear out.
2: <laughs> yeah. Some
1: things going on. <laughs> that Jedi temple's got some Sith stuff way underneath. Yeah. Uh, Palpatine moved in. Instead of just taking the wallpaper down, this isn't like a castle we take over. We're going to go somewhere else. And then they, excuse me, change the seat of power. Chandrilla, yeah. the other planet, that's name I always forget. That's from uh, it's in Bloodlines. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. More of a, it's got more of a farming kind of uh, atmosphere to it. Yeah, so that's what we know so far. Pedro, Jennifer, do you think in episode nine we could return to Corson?
0: I don't know about nine, but now I'm now I'm interested in revisiting it somewhere else. Heck, mm. me, well, no, if we're gonna do the Ryan Johnson trilogy, I know we were going far, far away. Sure, but I'd like to see it somewhere
1: else. I mean, I, I love the glimpse in Rogue One. I got excited. Yeah. It's like, it's Coruscant. Yeah. But, you know.
2: <laughs> no, I really want to know what happened. Yeah, because you. to me, it's, I think it's kind of like uh, a neighborhood that used to be hip. And then it's kind of not <laughs> hip anymore. So I think there's this great, great Coruscant renaissance in the galaxy where people are like, maybe like 10, 15 years after you turn to Jedi, like, yeah, okay, have you guys heard, like, yeah. it's kind of affordable now. And yeah. lots, it's a cool younger people. Yeah, a lot a lot of the, of those, the crime's down. Yeah, the Coffee victory shops. babies are moving yeah. in. And they're like, <laughs> all these floating food trucks.
1: It's a really hip yeah, place to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Dex's Diner reopened, new ownership. It's, <laughs> right. it's going strong. Uh, yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll get that answer at some point. And I actually would like to see it in nine. Because mm. to me, yeah, you could move the government out of Coruscant, but that's
2: a lot of people there. That mm. is still... You know that is still New York City, right? That's uh, first order might want to squeeze it. Yes,
3: Yes. yeah, real, real, real quick.
2: Is there? Mm. It might be their new seat of power if they want to be like, hey, we're the Empire. We're taking Coruscant back.
0: Oh, Mm. I like that. That's good.
1: As always, we take two questions, at least, from our Patreon supporters. You can support us there more on that later. Sean Arnold says, Do you think Mandalorians will answer the call from Leia and the Rebellion? Would love to see them more in movie canon. I I got this question just in general on Twitter, too, of like, What's happened to those Mandalorians? We hear... Hear a lot about them. Not too far from the events of Rogue One and New Hope. We know there's a bunch of them still going around. Yep. Their culture's strong and maybe even reborn. So Mandalorians, Jennifer, do you want to see the Mandos? Yeah, the Mando Mercs in Episode Nine.
0: It is interesting, right? I feel like that—that's what the whole the whole Jabba standalone film kind of came into play. We were like, "Oh, bounty hunters, Mandalorians." I don't know if they will appear in uh, if they'll answer the call, but I think we're going to see them again. Maybe that's the TV show that they're going to announce on the streaming service. Mm. It's just such a rich culture. I can't imagine that that that, that will be the last of them. Right.
2: Yeah. I think the TV show has made me think that there is a possibility of them in Episode 9 because they know that they're doing a Mandalorian television show. Why not throw them in there? Ah, You know, especially, you know, if there is a big new rebellion, that would be really cool to see them fighting on the side of justice. It it would be interesting because they'd be powerful
1: allies. Yeah. People uh, in a culture that didn't get involved in a lot of the main battles, right? Even in rebels, even in Clone Wars, they're kind of off in their own kind of world. So it'd be interesting to pull them back in. Could you explain in a quick amount of time, and I think you could, but to a general audience, it's like the Boba Fett families,
2: but they're not. <laughs> they're <different>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Turns out Django just stole that. Yeah, never mind. They're, they got jetpacks. They're cool. Yeah.
1: So we'll see. But Sean, I think uh, you are not alone. A lot of people love to see them more and in movie canon. All right, our next question is from a regular. He's one of our favorite supporters here, Mark KN00P.
3: He <laughs> is, <laughs> we're not even going to try this time. I,
2: I, think it, I think it is now tradition that we have all uh, taken turns yeah. with his fairly simple collection of letters. Mm-hmm. And we have all three of us yeah, Mark, said it. Jennifer, normally you're our secret weapon to say a name correctly. Yeah.
1: Mark Knop. Mark Knope. Mark Knope. Yeah. Mark Knope. Knope? Mark <laughs> Mark Mark <Canope>? <laughs> yeah, no. No, it's traditional. I don't even want, Mark, I don't even want you uh, to remind us. Enough. Yeah, that's it. Mark is really seriously, he's been supporting Force yeah, Center great. for such a long time, and we love having fun with him here. Uh, but he's got a great question here and a great reminder, too. I remember a news story last year about how Colin Trevorrow asked Ryan Johnson to include something in The Last Jedi, similar to how Ryan asked JJ to include R2 at the end of The Force Awakens instead of BB-8. Even though Colin is gone, what do you think it could be, could have been? And his mind, Mark's mind, went to the Jedi books. But I would love to hear your thoughts. Mm -hmm. That is a a deep cut because, yeah, that's something that came out. Colin, this was for their version. Far along, the development process. Yeah. Right. So that's going to be one of the interesting stories that we one day will hear about. But yeah, what do you think it might have been? The books is a great
2: guess. Books is a great guess, although it works so well to hammer home uh, what's going on with the, you know, I will not mm-hmm. be the last Jedi. This is utterly random. Just going off of instinct, I think yeah. keep Hux alive. Okay. It's so oh. my random guess because maybe they wanted to, you know, do more with that dynamic. Because it could have been an interesting story if Hux died and it's just crazy Kylo, Kylo who feels totally alone? Hmm.
1: Hmm. I I think it might have been keep nine numb alive. I don't know. <laughs> no. uh, that's a good answer. That's a that's a good thought. I'm, I'm For me, it, it might have, I, I don't know. That's a great, great quote. What do you think, Jennifer? Stall for me, Jennifer. I, you don't, I don't know
0: either. I mean, could, could, is there a possibility that, that he could have, taking it out like he was like oh you're no longer a part of this oh, so i'm just gonna take out what you had wanted because i want to leave it open for Or maybe jj mm-hmm. was like hey i have some." no
1: that's not yeah. right no uh, no it would have been right uh, may- maybe it's something to do with ray and kylo maybe hey yeah. don't mm-hmm. you know don't injure her don't you know make Sure, she's good, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Because he definitely was gonna have to stick the landing with the story of Ray and it's Kylo. Verify
2: that Ray has the two halves of the hero's lightsaber, so that's yeah. still
1: in play. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I think it, to me it's a a testament to that the movie feels tight and every mm-hmm. little yeah. detail as it's wrapping up, every detail mm-hmm. feels like it really fits. Kylo
0: Ren's pants.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the one. That's the answer. (laughs) There
0: you go. They need to be high. (laughs) It's not. It's not. not. The costume director said why, but yeah. That uh, That was the only uh, thing that really kind of stuck out to me. The, t- the maternity pants.
2: <laughs> oh, fair enough. You recognize them in a way I did not.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, wait a, uh, a minute. I wore those leggings uh, for a long oh, time. That's, that's
2: great.
1: That's great, Mark. Hope that answers your question. Thanks as always for your support. Sorry. It was Kylo's <laughs> maternity pants. He wanted that's the pork the to one. stand on R2. Yeah. 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 The pork needs to stand on yeah. R2. Absolutely. Guys, you can submit questions to us all the time. It's on Twitter. You can use the hashtag for. Force Center, uh, we have a lot of different hashtags on a lot of different shows, but that hashtag gets you to the main show as Chase McLean also used the hashtag to make sure. Hashtag main show. Answer <laughs> it there. You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center that new Ewok shirt, I heart murder bears, still on there, still going hot. Podcast is available several spots: Podomatic, Podomatic Mobile, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and. Spotify. But Joseph, let's not forget about those mystery algorithms of what was formerly
2: called (laughs) iTunes back in the early aughts. Yeah, good old Apple Podcasts, as everybody calls it now. Right. We're on Apple Podcasts, not iTunes, not that thing you hate. It's not Kinko's, it's FedEx Office. Rebranding (laughs) always works. Anyway, if you go to iApple Podcasts, uh, we would love some more ratings and reviews. We've been doing really well uh, on numbers. We've been doing well on popping up and staying on, especially while Last Friday was out on their their list of the top podcasts in TV and film. But a big part of that is not just listens. It is about rating and reviewing. There is someone at iTunes, I think some Wizard of Oz person, who looks at ratings and reviews. Mm-hmm. And then like in Zoolander goes, oh, they're so hot right now. Yeah. And we get bumped up. So please... Uh, uh, go rate and review. Uh, uh, we should also, of course, mention our Patreon. Some of you are supporting us there. Please keep that coming. Patreon.com slash Center. Absolutely. We have our own stuff. We don't just always talk Star Wars, Jennifer.
0: Uh, I guess I kind (laughs) of (laughs) do. But on my YouTube channel, (laughs) youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa, where I have now passed over 10,000 subscribers. It's been a long road. So join me over there. And also, if you're interested in Star Wars fashion, check out my blog, my Star Wars fashion blog at JennyLanda.com.
2: And Joseph... Oh, you talk about Star Wars a lot too. But you have I, other do, I do, I do, I uh, do. But you can find me on social media where I talk about yeah, thirty five percent of the time about Star Wars. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Joseph Scrimshaw. I've always got live shows coming up. In particular, here in Los Angeles, I'm going to have a show on January 26th. That's going to be with uh, my phasma loving friend Angela M. Weber. It's our, our variety show called Game Night. It is a fun night of comedy and music and improv and catharsis. So check out that it's. Uh, you can find out the information. Tick- tickets and everything on my website at josephscrimshaw.com under the live shows page.
1: Absolutely. You can follow me at Cannapsock, and my podcast, The Knapsock Files, is also out there. Check it out. A lot of fun little weird shows. Every once in a while talk about Star Wars. That's a big <laughs> thing in all of our lives here. Guys, that is it. So for Phasma, for Major Emon, and for an entire planet made of salt, that is it. We'll see you guys next week.